As the Coachella Valley continues to grow as an entertainment and cultural empire in the California desert cities, Mutual 111 is your go-to for local and regional arts, literature, music, special events, and theater. From the Mutual Broadcasting System Studios in Palm Springs, it's The Desert Scene with Bonnie G. And welcome to The Desert Scene. So happy to have you here and happy to welcome to the show today, Christopher Stefanik. I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly, who's involved with this. I did. Yay. This 50th 50th anniversary revival of The Exorcist, a very special um, screening. So tell us about this. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bonnie. It's great to be here. Uh, so uh, it just is being put on by uh, myself and my business partner, Arturo Gardea, and we are the Moving Picture Symposium Archive. We're a small archive, soon to be a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the education, the history, the awareness, and the overall uh, maintenance, if you will, of uh, preservation of the film and cinema experience, particularly on 35 millimeter. Excellent. And uh, yeah, and what we have here is uh, an original 35 millimeter film print from the early 70s of the film with the original mono soundtrack, the original Academy Award winning mono soundtrack Mm -hmm. that was altered in 1979 for the 70 millimeter re-release of the film uh, and then further alterations were made to this version as well and these alterations are what we got on the television broadcasts on home video on laser disc on dvds blu-ray the director's cut made further alterations so this original version that we have is something of a grail that hasn't been seen since the early 70s and we have a, a print in good enough condition that we wanted to share with uh, with as many people as we could uh, given the cinematic experience. So really, for the first time in 50 years, we're getting the original Academy Award-winning version. <laughs> now, a f- c- couple questions for you. First of all, where, did, how did you acquire this print of this film? We, you know, there was an East Coast collector about five years ago that I ran across who had this, and it was just kind of a lucky happenstance. It was very fortuitous. I, I didn't really think about what it was that I was getting myself into, but I had immediately contacted uh, Arturo about it when it happened, and uh, we we made the we made the connection and the exchange with it. Uh, it's it's funny though; I can't tell you what the guy's name was. It, it was so fortuitous. And now, had you was this the first or one of the first? Was this the beginnings of this archive uh, project, or had you already been working with other original prints? You know, it's uh, I have a, some other associates that I've been working with actually for the past 10 years in acquiring film prints and Victor, excuse me, Arturo is the in is the same. You know, he he we had both been uh, collecting film prints for the last 10 years or so. He has also been collecting old 16 millimeter projectors and 8 millimeter projectors and uh multiple uh multiple ones so that he can uh you know, transfer parts and use parts from other ones if need be. And we had been talking for years about starting something like this. And, you know, life happens. Both of us were in different places at the time, and then the pandemic struck, but right. uh, which further complicated the matters. But once the pandemic was over, we kind of had a meeting of the heads and we're like, okay, this is the time that this needs to happen. Yeah. And t- tell me what 
in your from your point of view, what is what are the main differences when someone go, is going to go see this original print from the seventies versus the one later ones where changes had been made? What 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 are some of the things that stand out for you as far as differences? Well, that's a good question. The main thing is uh, the sound mix because there is uh, there are music cues that were originally placed. The the uh, layering of sound on sound is uh, th- though it is a mono mix, it's very dimensional and it has a much more stunning effect, if you will. It's very effective uh there are some scenes where there are screams that kind of echo and reverberate into the next scene that is a very effective uh characteristic that uh free can later on altered and uh we i don't think anybody has really knows exists uh another thing that is going on is the uh color palette while our print is aged just a little bit it still has very rich color and Mm -hmm. it was an original color palette that Friedkin later added a blue tint to again in 1979 Mm -hmm. so this is a much broader color palette that is that isn't quite so tinged with uh, what would later be Friedkin's signature look which was you know kind of this blue tinge it's Mm -hmm. very evident uh, his that he had a more humble beginning with this and I think that really effectively tells the story because you're not watching so much a William Friedkin film as you are watching just taking a journey, you know, taking a very serious journey. Now, I know this is being screened at the Palm Springs Cultural Center December 22nd, and Eileen Dietz, the face of the demon Pazuzu, am I pronouncing that correctly, will be part of the Q&A. So tell us about the the Q&A and about about her. Well, we had wanted to make this a special occasion we had wanted to get somebody that was involved in the film to be a part of it and eileen deeds came to mind because she doesn't get enough credit i think she's the unsung star of the film because she is the face of the demon that we see about four or five times in this Mm -hmm. original theatrical version she was later added more in the version you've never seen before, you know, the director's cut. So we had reached out to her uh, and made sure that she had a clear enough schedule. And, you know, she said she did. She's been pretty busy this whole year with the 50th anniversary happening, Mm -hmm. just traveling all around the country as well. She may. And she was more than excited to do it. And she's going to be there. She's going to be doing a Q and a with me. And then she'll have a booth set up in the lobby where she will be doing signing pictures, signing uh, copies of her book, and uh, just, just can't wait. You know, she's really thrilled to see her fans. And uh, how, how many, do you know, have you done a lot of research, how many original, pr- of this type of print, 35 millimeter, of, of mm-hmm. any film still exist uh, at, at this point? Do you know? you have any idea? It's, I, I, I really don't, uh, it, it would, I'm sure there are actually a lot more than you might think because there are different archives. We have USC has a film archive, UCLA has a film archive. I know the East Coast has a couple of film archives. I'm pretty sure Warner has a couple of archived prints as well. What we also don't know is what condition all of those are in. Right. You know, unfortunately, a lot of them were could be restrikes that were done in the 80s or 90s to play in rep houses at the time. Many of them have been plattered and have suffered emulsion or other types of damage from the plattering systems because the plattering systems, a little bit of tech talk here, were uh, single 
setup where a print was spooled onto a circle platter and fed through a projector mm. by uh, force in a way that uh, w- was just unhealthy for the print. You yeah. know, it, it, it ruined the soundtracks on the side, and a lot of the times the prints would get caught in the sprockets, and there would be sprocket damage or tearing and yeah. rips, and it, just, it was never really a good thing. It was kind of a cheap way that multiplexes uh, used so that they wouldn't have to pay projectionists so much to be on it. Um, and on that note, I do want to mention that this will be on a uh, on 35 millimeter, 70 millimeter changeover projectors at the Camelot uh, mm-hmm. Theater, done by uh, Roger uh, Roger Aver, who's a, a union projectionist, and it's it is going to be top notch. It's going to be state of the art, and uh, and it is an and it is an art. It is a yeah. performance. Being a projectionist is a performance because they have to be on it. They have to make sure the image is clear. They have to make sure the sound is good. They're literally juggling about five or six different things about this performance so that you can see the film just right. And, yeah. and it's amazing. And Roger is amazing. Yeah. Well, and something, a film like this in particular, I mean, I remember we all would scare the, I mean, the book scared the bejesus out of me, but the, the movie did too. <laughs> but I, I think it's great to have a film like this that in that mm-hmm. and, and, in good, and in good condition. So let's talk about it. It's December 22nd at the Palm Springs Cultural Center. Um, can people get uh, tickets in advance? Is an event brighter? How can they find out more about it? They they can go. The uh, it's there are is a ticket link on the Palm Springs Cultural Center website on their Facebook page as well. They can come to our Facebook page too for the link as well. The Moving Picture Symposium Archive. And I do want to note that we have set up a transportation or are setting up at the moment a transportation for people who want to travel from LA to Palm Springs to see this film but don't want to have to drive. Oh, that's great. We've got a bus. Yeah, and you can find all of that information in the ticket link as well. It's you but please remember to RSVP to the transportation before buying your ticket. Yeah, that, I, I good idea. Believe that. Yeah, 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 and, and that's and I believe that's the way they, you know in, in terms of how the money is funneled and everything. That's how that's how we have it set up. But yeah. yes, you yeah. RSVP uh, for the transportation and then buy your ticket, yeah. and it should be good to go. Yeah. We're, we expect to get anywhere between twenty four to fifty six people. Uh, carrying out or if we get more people then we'll just have to get a bigger bus <laughs> okay all right well christopher stefanik what a great project what a great opportunity for people to see this classic film in its original condition thank you so much for all that work and thank you for being on the show today really appreciate it thank you very much bonnie and i uh, hope to see you there or at any one of the future screenings we hope to hold at the camelot okay sounds good all right christopher stefanik thank you and happy holidays and for the rest of you folks we'll see you next time on the desert scene Join us again for The Desert Scene with Bonnie G from Mutual 111. Be sure to visit thedesertscene.com for more show information and mutual111.com for our full library of episodes.